Incoming facts from Stadium and Gale. Welcome to Stadium and Gale's first episode of Facts Only. I'm with my man Connor, Rivals.com. And Dan with Stadium Miguel. And it's Uncle Silk. We're kicking it. We're going to do a little recruiting talk. Brought to you by. Brought to us by our friends over at HB Bookkeeping Services. Uh, give them a call at 321-243-1501 and ask for our friend Dylan Barton. His grandfather graduated from the University of Florida, played at the University of Florida with uh, Gator great Steve Spurrier, uh, and then his family's been around the UF program for a long, long time. So spend less time working on your – or spend more time, pardon me, working on your passion and less time preparing your financial statements by giving HB Bookkeeping Service a call. Again, reach out to Dylan Barton at 321 243 1501. All right, boys, got a couple commitments over the last couple weeks. Uh, let's break that one down. Connor, I want to start with you. Uh, Yusef Mugerbill committed uh, to Florida on, it was Thursday, right? Or was it Friday? Friday. 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 So Yusef Mugerbill commits to Florida on Friday, offensive tackle out of Murphy, North Carolina. What should Florida expect out of uh, out of him? Uh, Yusef Mugerbill is a uh, an offensive lineman that really fits the John Hevesy mold. He's really nasty in the trenches, gets off the ball, moves people. Um, he's a three-star, 5.73 star on Rivals.com. Um, that's somebody that after seeing his tape, I fully expect to get a bump up to a four-star. Okay. I don't know that he'll make it inside the Rivals 250, um, but he should get that bump. Um, he's a kid that doesn't have a whole lot of film as a in-pass pro. Okay. Um, so I'd like to see him improve upon that when he gets to Florida. Mm -hmm. But like I said earlier, just a nasty kid in the trenches that's going to move bodies and fits what John Hevesy's looking for. Right. Comes out of Murphy, North Carolina. Good competition or? Solid competition yeah. in North okay. Carolina. Yeah, not solid. not great, but uh, he's he's moving some pretty solid kids around. Okay. Awesome. I really like the kid. Um, 247's composite has him ranked 266 overall, uh, 15th offensive guard. I really like the way uh, that he plays, like you said. Um, I think he's got a good body, 6'4", 305 right now. Uh, but I think he's got a good friend, good body. I think he's a guy that Florida will probably get in, you know, two, three years down the line uh, once he gets there. Uh, Silk, any comments on him or kind of guy yeah, you just, like? Yeah, uh, more like Connor says, not a whole lot of uh, pass pro film on him. But, I mean, for a guard, that's exactly what you want, roll grader. And he, he, he shows that he can roll grade and get us going in the run game. But, yeah, a heavy C guy that's uh, – Kind of like LeBron and the rest of these, uh, or the Ethan Whites, a worker, hard worker that's going to get in the weight room and get right, man. So I thought it was a good get for offensive line. Are we done with offensive line? I don't know. So Florida, I think Florida has uh, four on the offensive line right now. Uh, I don't know if they, all four are going to get into this class right now. I think that Florida is probably missing some elite talent at the tackle position. I think that they're solid uh, at the guard position. Right. Um, they got uh, Slaughter at, at, what, probably center? Probably. He's, yeah, he's a flex guy that'll yeah, play center or guard. He's, so he's probably that that Brett Hagee style of uh, a guy. So, you know, Florida still is is missing some elite talent on the offensive line. And, and to me, that that's one thing that if they are to get a couple more guys, we'd love to see those guys that, um, you know, can sure up that tackle position. But, Connor, you're a little bit closer. Uh, yeah, the offensive line class, like you said, is pretty guard heavy. Um, you've got a kid in Moogerville that looks like he might transition to guard at the next level. Okay. Um, he can play some offensive tackle, but if he does, it's going to be right tackle. Um, Florida really hasn't 
pulled a true left tackle since bringing in Richard Garage yeah. um, in Dan Mullen's first transition class. Right. Um, so that's something you'd like to see Florida make a priority. You wanted to see it this class, but especially into the next class. Yeah. I'm also interested to see if uh, Devaye Hammond makes it in. And, and, if, and if not, if there's uh, any questions about him not making it in, will we find a replacement for him in this class? Have you heard anything about his uh, prospects as far as transferring from JUCO? Um, as far as that goes, I've talked to a couple of people down in Polk County that know uh, Hammond pretty well. They said things are looking good, but once again, as far as JUCOs go, yeah. it's so hard to determine whether the kid, especially getting to an SEC school and a school with the academic standards of Florida, right. um, if they're going to be able to make it in. Right. right. Uh, Florida also got a linebacker commitment, Jeremiah Williams, uh, what I guess a week ago, a so ago, uh, from Birmingham, Alabama, four-star, uh, ranked 198th on Rivals.com. Really liked the way that that kid plays Florida. Uh, had almost lost him to Auburn. The games got played as Silk likes to say, and Florida is able to secure that commitment uh, with Christian Robbins, who I believe at the beginning of the week uh, secured a, uh, a commitment with his uh, with his fiance, and then got uh, mm. got Jeremiah Will or, uh, Jeremiah Williams on board. Uh, Silk, what are your thoughts on on Jeremiah Williams? Uh, uh I, just like the other outside linebackers and linebackers we've been getting since Christian Robinson got here, uh, uh, athletic kid, um, could pass rush. I think he could drop back in coverage and do some things here and there. But um, just like the other guys with, with Hopper and the rest, I, I want to see him develop, but another good recruit, another guy that can run around in space. Yeah. I just don't want the tweeners no more. We always get a tweener, outside <laughs> linebacker, defensive yeah, yeah. end, and these guys get lost in the sauce a little bit. Yeah. Connor, what are your thoughts? Yeah, absolutely, man. Jeremiah is one of those kids that, like Silk says, a little bit of a tweener. But yeah. I think when he gets to college, he's got a college-ready body at about six foot three, two hundred twenty-four pounds. Right. Um, and he's done a lot over the off-season uh, that I've seen working on being able to drop back in coverage, working able to fill gaps instead of just being that edge rush guy right. um, that you saw from a lot of his junior film. Right. Now, he does have some film dropping back into coverage, so you know he can do it. Right. But I'd like to see from his senior film or his senior year him doing a little bit more consistently because he's somebody that they want to transition to linebacker full-time when he gets to Florida. Yeah. Um, so you have to be able to do that in the SEC. Right. Uh, yeah, Flores definitely played a lot of tweeners, whether they're uh, safeties that move down to linebacker or, or linebackers that go down to that defensive end position. You know, I, I think that Florida probably has no less than six or seven guys on the team right now that can play that buck position. So I definitely want to see them develop this guy into a linebacker, not that uh, that hybrid position. Uh, the only other piece of news, uh, Benji Gosnell, who Florida was looking at, uh, four-star uh, class of 2022 tight end, did commit to Ohio State. Uh, on uh, on Thursday, um, you know, Flores thought that they had a, a decent shot at landing him, but I also know that they've got a lot of guys uh, up on their board uh, for that tight end position as well. Um, want to talk about? Uh, let's break down some some other news in, in the recruiting world. Uh, the Army All American, or pardon me, former Army All American game, and the Under Armour uh, Bowl have both announced with Under Armour a couple days ago announcing it uh, that both games have been canceled. They're going to honor their players uh, in different ways. Connor. I uh, want to go through that. Any implications for Florida uh, with those guys? Um, thoughts on, on on that game being moved? So with those games being canceled, uh, obviously you hate to see it for the kids. Yeah. They've worked so hard to get to that point where they'd be able to be in that position. Um, but as far as Florida goes, these games, especially when you have commits that are at those games, is a great opportunity yeah. for guys to recruit for you. Um, so that's usually – I know we've had a, a very long dead period leading up to what was going to be the uh, All-American Games yeah. here in the future, but uh, it's usually during a dead period. So it gives uh, 
the kids that you're recruiting an opportunity to have your fellow uh, commits or fellow recruits get in your ear. Um, I know when Emory Jones and Trey Dean had signed with Florida on early signing day, they went to the all American game here in Orlando for Under Armour um, and really worked on Jacob Copeland as far as trying to get him to come to Florida. So that's a big recruiting tool that's getting lost with those games being, being canceled. Is the, is the is the dead period changing any with, with with this new COVID and the way things are working this year? And there's not been a whole lot of uh, official visits and that and whatnot. So are they changing uh, the dead period and, and the dates of that? There's no telling what the NCAA is going to do as far as that stuff goes. That's all up to them. Um, if if it was me, uh, I would try to see if we could ex- get something in just a couple weeks, maybe before right. um, yeah. early signing day. Maybe push signing day back. A month or so. Okay. Um, just so because you got kids that are making lifelong decisions. Yep. And Things a lot of a lot of them are having to do it without visiting campuses of schools that they're really interested in. Yeah. So uh, that's just a personal opinion as far as that goes. Yeah. I don't see because I mean early signing they probably could push the February date back. I just don't see them doing it because calendar wise everything's all screwed up. But I don't see them pushing back to December date. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see because relationships really gonna play out because nobody's seen campuses, right? So I think uh, production on the field, wins on the field, and also relationships is gonna gonna have to come through uh, for us this winter. Yeah, absolutely. And I know that they're doing a lot of virtual tours and stuff like that. But as when you create your own virtual tour, you can choose pick and choose what you're gonna show and everything else. So right. I think you know, and I wouldn't be surprised if all of a sudden and we talked a little bit about this, uh, you know, last year with the uh, the transfer portal and some of the other rules that are, are starting to come out where you know you start to see a, a vast number of players potentially start to transfer after that that first couple months or first couple years uh, that they're out of program just because it's maybe not what they signed up for. But to give a shout out to the guys uh, that are committed to Florida or that Florida was looking at uh, in that all American bowl, Terry and Arnold who's of Florida, um, you know, recruit that they're going after. Uh, Corey Collier, uh, who's a, uh, a commit currently. Tristan Lee out of Virginia. Tyreek Sapp, Xavier Sori, Leonard Taylor, and Jeremiah Williams were all slated to play in that Army, uh, pardon me, just the All-American game. And then the Under Armour Bowl uh, was Jason Marshall, Chief Borders, Trevante Rucker, uh, Dustin Hill, uh, Tumiche Adelier, and Bryce Langston, I get that right. Well done, Dan. Very well good. done. Very good. You did better than I would have done. <laughs> um, I wonder if any, any of the kids that had announcements set for the, for those All Star games, what their timeline looks like right now. Do we know if any uh, changes in commit dates? We haven't heard any concrete changes in commit dates as far as that goes. I think that in a situation like that, most of the time when a kid commits at the All American games, um, they'll if they know they'll sign early and then just announce it at that time. So you could see a couple kids move up that decision date to early signing day. And then you could have a situation like Xavier Henderson last year where he hadn't signed yet. He committed at the All-American Bowl. Mm -hmm. Um, He could push his announcement back until National Signing Day in February. Yeah, I think where it hurts is is that like you were talking about uh, with Jacob Copeland just a few years ago is that opportunity for them to be together. And Florida obviously had some, you know, a, a large number of commitments and prospects that are looking at Florida. All that would have been collectively together, especially in you know the same position groups or the same room. So you know, it certainly doesn't you know help Florida. It doesn't hurt obviously because they're not playing the game as a whole. Uh, but it certainly I thought would have helped just because Florida is very well represented in that game. 
Absolutely. Uh, let's get down. We're going to, what we're going to do is we're going to spend the next couple of weeks or I guess a couple of months, pardon me, uh, going over who Florida currently has committed and kind of breaking down the, co- the, uh, the, the commitments into to groupings. That way we can talk about them a little bit more in depth and break them down uh, a little bit more than we would normally do on stadium and Gale. So we're today, we're going to talk about quarterbacks and we're going to talk about the tight ends, our tight end room as well. Uh, but we're going to start with the four star Carlos Del Rio uh, was considered, you know, kind of the bell cow of, of, you know, Dan Mullins, next protege at uh, at the quarterback position um four-star overall number nine uh, overall quarterback 13th in the state of georgia uh what do you guys like out of carlos del Rio? and then we'll get into Jalen kitna uh just just i mean he's a he's a mulling guy um yeah. he can run between the tackles um he has the arm strength and, and he just he, he keep getting better he's a little raw i think dan mullen likes his quarterbacks raw um i just think he fits the mold yeah. I think he's sturdy enough to run between the tackles. Mm-hmm. Um, unlike Emory, I think Emory's a little a slight in, in, in built. But I think Del Rio is, is the size and everything you want. I think Anthony Richardson is probably the most athletic guy out of the bunch in that room. But I think Carlos Del Rio is going to be a guy that that that, that kind of um, takes over when Del, when Anthony's out of here. He's a he's a four year guy, so I think he's yeah. the type of guy that has to go through the program and then start as like a senior. He's not like a, pro, a guy that's going to play as a true freshman or redshirt sophomore or anything like that. Is he is he really a true dual threat, uh, Connor? Is he more of a uh, is he a better passer or absolutely? What are your no, he's he's definitely a dual threat. Uh, he's listed as a pro style quarterback, I think, by by rivals. Um, and he's one of those kids that I think he's gotten that just based off of the work that he's uh, put in. The biggest thing I like about Carlos Del Rio is a lot of people had question marks as far as his mechanics, his mm-hmm. his ability to throw the football. Um, after his junior season, right. the whole summer leading up to his senior year, he's been going to camps, he's been improving. And then you saw um, that come to fruition in the elite 11 camp, right? Where mm-hmm. many said he was, he should have won. He, <laughs> he, he was probably the top guy there. Yeah. Right. Um, uh, if not top three, for sure. So you've seen how much work he's put in and been able to improve. Um, and like uh, Silk said, he's got a college ready frame. He's about right. six foot three, 215 pounds already. Um, and he the can frame wise things a lot like that. More than anything. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Yeah. I think that's a good comparison. Yeah. Uh, got the ability to beat you with his legs. And he's, in, I think he's further along as a passer than Dak was coming into Mississippi State. Sure. And I, and I think what we're seeing is the adaptability to make those, you know, mechanical changes um, to try to get better. You know, a lot of guys get stuck or a lot of guys are, are, you know, have been doing things one way for so long. And, you know, I think that if you look back at, you know, some of his earlier tape from what I saw was you had a long release. You had a guy that just kind of had shoddy footwork um, and it's all seemingly gotten better. And I think if you're talking about like getting rid of some of the, uh, the politics behind Elite 11, he probably was, you know, definitely a top three, if not maybe the best uh, quarterback at, uh, the elite 11 event. he's a winner too i think uh yeah. dan mullen likes to look for winners at the, at the quarterback position he's a winner so i think it's one of the most important things um we got more than one quarterback in this class so. <laughs> let's talk about him i mean so i i think everybody i think for the most part was a little surprised not necessarily that florida took a second quarterback uh but it's kind of a name that came out of nowhere and that's the son of john kitna jalen kitna uh three star uh out of uh, i believe burleson texas um has had a Pretty solid year overall, Connor. I mean, statistics-wise, um, I believe his team lost uh, in the playoffs yesterday. But overall, statistics—I mean, seemingly a lot better than I think most fans thought. But, but Connor, break down Jalen Kitna a bit. Yeah, absolutely. The biggest thing um, when Kitna committed uh, was the turnovers, and I think uh, 
Mike at Rivals talked yeah. to you guys about this on Stadium and Gale yep. uh, earlier this week. Um, he, had, I think he had 14 touchdowns and 14 interceptions as a junior. Sure. Um, now he had been moving from school to school. I think he's never been at one school for more than a year or two. Okay. Um, now he's at Burleson high school in Texas, um, playing for his dad. Uh, and his numbers have gone, uh, through the roof, honestly, this year, he's got 19 touchdown passes to only three interceptions this year. Oh, wow. Uh, passing for just over 1400 yards. Okay. Um, and it's really important. Uh, good to see him improve, uh, both on his mechanics, work, uh, being coached up by his dad, yeah. who's a former NFL quarterback, yep. um, but also his decision making. Okay. Yeah, I think um, with Kitna, I got I haven't checked out his new film. I do got to check his new film, but just watching his, his stuff from um, last year, I think the size is there. I think the pedigree is there. Yeah. Um, I do question his athleticism to be able mm-hmm. to run, but watching Kyle do what he do, that may not be a big thing. Like, <laughs> Um, honestly think he's a better athlete than Kyle Trask. Really? Right. Yeah. That's not hard to do. Yeah, you're right. It's not. You're right. <laughs> yeah, but Kyle, Kyle is very, uh, very accurate and yeah. can make some crazy throws. So if Kenny could get in the system and be another program guy right along with Del Rio being here four or five years, learn the system. And then we, we can stop playing these young boys and play some, some veterans that have been in the system three, four years. So I'm with it. I mean, I think that that's what you're seeing out of Kyle Trask is that a, is a long time in a system uh, right. can really help you develop. And I think that Dan Mullen's going to work around that. Um, I really like him. Obviously, the pedigree to me is super important. I think that the intelligence, I think that he's a guy that obviously with his dad being an NFL uh, quarterback and then his dad now being – is his dad his head coach? His dad right? is his head coach. All right, so his dad's his head coach. So obviously comes from a guy with a – a lot of coaching experience, understands schematics, understands playbooks, uh, understands the way plays break down. I think that a guy like that asking questions and being around other people in the room just makes the room smarter. I mean, he might not be the most athletic guy. He might not be a guy that ever plays it down for the University of Florida. I mean, I think some people thought that about Kyle Trask. Um, I definitely but, thought that. But um, I didn't I know think, who was getting Dan Mullen either. So <laughs> but, but I think he's a guy that makes the room a little bit better uh, overall. So, I, you know, I like the take. Um, you know, Florida, I, I think, needs at least four uh, quarterbacks on their roster. Um, and going into next season, Kyle Trask, you can imagine, is going to be going to the NFL. So that brings Florida uh, to that number uh, with Emory Jones and Anthony Richardson. Uh, let's move on to that tight end uh, position. Uh, Nick Elksness out of uh, Jacksonville. Uh, Connor, I don't know a ton about him uh, overall. So talk to us a little bit about Nick. Yeah, Nick is a kid that I'm extremely high on. He's a okay. super athletic kid, about six foot six, two hundred and twenty pounds. Um, doesn't put his hand in the dirt a lot, but as you can see with what Florida is able to do with Kyle Pitts, their tight ends don't have to be able to do that all the time. They'll flex him out, they'll put him in an H back uh, set, and he's just somebody that's a matchup nightmare for defenses. He's got great speed, uh, runs good routes, has great hands, um, and he really knows what to do uh, with the ball after he catches it. Uh, he's having a great season uh, up in Jacksonville right now. I don't have his stats uh, yeah. on on me right now, um, but he's a kid that's having a great season and just is one of those guys that's a mismatch nightmare, just like Kyle right. Pitts. And I expect Florida to use him in the same way. Is he as athletic as? I mean, I mean, not many people are as athletic as Kyle Pitts. Yeah. but is he pretty similar? It's going to be hard to be as yeah. athletic as Kyle Pitts. He's just a physical freak. But uh, I think Elksness is probably as close as you can get to that without being a Kyle Pitts. Okay. Silk, you got any thoughts on him? Uh, I like Elkness. I like Gage Wilcox as well. I like both of the tight ends. I think our tight end room is in shambles right now. Gamma has shown a little life mm-hmm. on the field uh, outside of pitch, but outside of that, bro, it's not it's not that promising. Mm-hmm. 
So um, I like Gage Wilcox and I like Elkness um, quite a bit. I don't think he's as, as athletic as as Pitts, but mm -hmm. I think he's an athletic tight end. Uh, I think our closest thing to Pitts once this season is over is probably going to be uh, Justin Shorter, his body type wise. Yeah. They do some of the similar things. I don't think he's a tight end. I don't think Kyle <laughs> Pitts is a traditional right. tight end either, but right. mm -hmm. I think they do some of the similar things. Those, I think Elkness and, and Gage Wilcox are more of our. Um, they're closer, I'd say, to, to Hernandez. Okay. Then, then I would say Kyle Pitts. Okay. Interesting. I, I, you know, I, I like that. Uh, I like that. So let's talk about Gage Wilcox. Comes out of Jefferson High well, even School. Even Cornelius Ingram. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. 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 But I think I did just think Kyle Pitts is in his own world of, of like freakness. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that uh, we, you're we don't disagree that. with you there. Right. Yeah. We're seeing. Yeah. I think we're seeing that this year. You think guys think? I mean, just since we're on the topic, do you guys think Kyle Pitts goes down? I mean, maybe not statistically, but as the best or one of the best tight ends in UF history with yeah. the with the position name being tight end. Yeah. One, one of the best in college football history. Not just not just Florida. Like he's one of the, he's gonna be one of the best ever when this is all said and done. I love I love to hear it. Love to hear it. So since we talked a little bit about it, Gage Wolfcox uh, out of Jefferson High School in South Tampa, West Tampa, whatever you want to call that area. Tampa uh, Tampa. Um so wanna talk a little bit about him. Um you know a little bit different than Nick, probably a little bit more of a hands in the ground, probably a little bit more of your traditional tight end. Um, doesn't come from an exceptionally great high school. Um, they play good competition, but not at a great uh, high school. But, but Connor, talk to us a little bit about Gage. Yeah, Gage, like you said, is going to be one of those more traditional tight ends. He's going to put his hand in the dirt a lot more. Mm -hmm. He's uh, he's really got a mean streak as a blocker, which you love to see uh, yeah. a kid at the high school level. A lot of times those tight ends don't want to get their, their hands dirty as, as far as blocking goes. Um, but Gage is the complete opposite of that. Uh, and when he gets the ball, he's looking to take somebody out with the ball in his hands. Yeah. He's not going to run around people. He's not going to try to outrun you to the sidelines. He's going to take what he can get, get upfield, and run somebody over doing it. Um, and I think you need that kind of uh, differential with your tight end class. You've got a guy like like we said, Nick Elks and Assist probably going to be a mm -hmm. flex guy. And then you've got a guy like Gage Wilcox that will put his hand in the dirt. If you need a third and one, you put in a tight end on – and you run behind him. He's one of those kind of kids. Yeah, I got you. So, you think both these guys get playing time next year? I mean, they almost have to, right? Yeah, I think I think both of those guys. I don't know. Both play. I think at, at the minimum, one of them play. Okay. They almost have to because we'll see what happens with with, with Zipper and the other guys in that room. But I just don't see the size and athleticism as, as these two guys uh, from everything else in that room. But yeah. Outside of Zipper and Gamble. I mean, that's it. What, do we have? what else do we have? Uh, Jonathan Odom. Yeah, Odom. There. Odom. Uh, Odom. He's, Odom. He's, he's more of an inline guy inline as well. Yep. Um, that'll, he's, he, to be honest with you, he reminds me of an Alabama-type tight end. Okay. He's going to be that guy that gets you yards in the yep. running game, um, and then maybe he'll catch a touchdown here and there. I was just going to say, there. take Casey. Take Casey. Take Casey. <laughs> you could say that because he's a white, right? Uh, comes, <laughs> comes from a good pedigree, right? I mean, his dad, um, you know, Jason Odom. But, no, I'm – I'm curious to see because I think Florida needs some help there. Um, you've not really seen much at a zipper during his time at UF. Uh, with Pitts leaving, that that leaves a huge, uh, you know, just a huge hole. Um, I think I agree with Silk and that I think you might see Justin Shorter, you know, kind of play that that big physical, more inline uh, type of uh, receiving threat. But uh, you know, Florida needs some help with that tight end uh, position, and um, hopefully these two guys are, are guys that can help. Uh, let's look forward a little bit. Uh, we've got five guys that are on the radars, potentially commit 
really at any time, uh, especially with no bowl games being or uh, all-star games being played. Uh, really not sure when these guys are going to announce. Those that thought they were going to announce at the games and everything else may not do so. So want to run briefly through those. Terry and Arnold uh, listed as a cornerback, could also play safety, could also play star, 194th ranked overall, 20th ranked cornerback, 28th in the state out of Tallahassee. So you have him as a Gator. Um, I think I have him as Gator. Connor? Yeah, when it's all said and done, I think he he ends up being a Gator. Okay. Uh, big part of his recruitment process is the ability to play basketball at the next level. Um, Florida's offered him at bat, uh, to play point guard at Florida. Um, and that's one of those kids that you kind of watch the basketball side uh, as much as you do the football side because he's that adamant about playing the sport at the next level. Um, and when you talk about recruiting point guards and Mike White's program, it kind of looks like they've slowed down recruiting point guards lately. Okay. Um, so that might be an indicator as to where Terry and Arnold might go. So let me let me ask you quickly about that. Obviously, he wants to play basketball. I don't think Florida's – I mean, there's a lot of guys that play basketball and football that are on the football team, uh, but none that have played on the roster since, I believe, Cornelius Ingram in like 2004, right. 2005, uh, that kind of – that group – are, are the prospects like pretty high that UF is open to him? Yeah, he can hop out the gym. He can yeah. he can ball a little bit. You think man. he has a better future at, at, in football or basketball? Football, football, definitely football. But, but he's he's a heck of a basketball player. Okay. Yeah, he's a real good basketball player. But the point guard position in basketball is just like the elite amongst the elite these yeah. days, man. And in basketball rosters is just so much smaller. Yeah, I think football is his future, but um, he's gonna play on both. I love it. I love it. Uh, next, Xavier Sori at IMG, uh, listed as an athlete, going to probably play linebacker at the next position or at the uh, the next level. 6'3", 220, uh, ranked two hundred uh, first overall, uh, fourth ranked athlete, and thirtieth ranked in the state of Florida. Um, thoughts on him? Not Gators. Not Gators. Yeah, he's uh, he's a kid that it's going to come down to Florida, Georgia, and Alabama, and everything that we're hearing right now seems to be like it's pointed towards Georgia. Okay. All right. Uh, the next one uh, is Tumiche Adelier. Uh, Great job again. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, 14th overall, uh, third-ranked defensive end in the country, and then fourth-ranked in the state of Texas. Uh, originally was at uh, IMG Academy, or was not originally, was at IMG Academy. Uh, is back in Texas, in Katy, Texas. Uh, the chances that Florida had, I think, uh, started to disappear as he left IMG and the longer that he waited. Uh, right now it looks to be a, a Florida and Texas A&M battle. Uh, but, Connor, your thoughts and soak your thoughts after. Uh, yeah, he's a kid that uh, when he was at IMG, I thought Florida had a really good shot at him. But now that he's back in the state of Texas, um, I think Texas a and is a school to beat here. Um, it's just so hard with not being able to get him over to Florida for a visit on campus, though right. he has visited – in the past, it was by himself and not with his parents. Yeah. Um, and I think his parents might want him closer to home. So Texas A&M is my pick as of right now. I got you. Silk, same. Yeah, closer closer to home has been advised for a lot of a lot of a lot of these kids. And I think going back to Texas was was a nail in our coffin in that recruitment. But um, I don't know. We got a long ways to sign today. We'll see. But right now, I got him Texas A&M. That's a kid that I want Florida to get because I think he's that that strong side defensive end. He's like that Zachary Carter type position where he's not that buck. He's a true defensive end. And I think that he is, he's going to create some havoc at the next level. Uh, speaking of another out-of-state prospect, Destin Hill, you might've known him as Destin Paisan for a while. Uh, wide receiver out of Louisiana, 160th ranked. Um, 
on rivals two four or on rivals, pardon me, the number twenty seven ranked uh, wide receiver and sixth overall in the state of Louisiana. Uh, Florida's come on really strong. I think at one point it looked like he was going to go to Florida State. Uh, Florida's done a really good job in his recruitment, and it looks like Florida's the team to beat here, huh? Absolutely, yeah. Like you said, at one time, uh, uh, considered a heavy Florida State lean, but then, as uh, so likes to say, the games got played. Um, <laughs> and and he's a kid that I think. Uh, if Florida truly wants him in the class, I think Florida will get him. Um, he's a kid that I'm very high on when he was first vi- taking his visits just before uh, the pandemic hit. He did visit Florida. He got to see and talk to co- uh, Coach Billy Gonzalez, Coach Dan Mullen, um, and is a kid that can is one of those uh, power five SEC-type wide receivers that can take the top off a of defense, um, but is also put on a little bit of weight in the offseason to be able to take uh, take the punishment of the SEC. Yeah, just another elite body in, in Billy Gonzalez's room. I mean, everybody almost fired him last year, and he just keep pulling in elite wide receivers, man. So, yeah, I'm excited about that. I think he's that kid's a gator as well. I think Paisan's a gator, Hill, whatever they call him these days. Um, How, do you how many do- wide receivers we taking this class? Um, So, Florida has three, uh, three, four, oh. three poss- four, depending on how you see Charles Montgomery. Um committed in the class right now. You've got Charles Montgomery, Marcus Burke, Dejon Reynolds, and Trevante Rucker. Um, Destin Hill is one of those kids that if he wants in, I think you have to try to find a way to make room for him in the class, uh, whether that be – Yeah, what are you saying, Connor? Uh, whether that be possibly letting go of one of your other receivers or maybe somebody else in the class uh, gets kind of told to go elsewhere. Yeah, it's a good problem. Um, it's like – Exactly. It's a good problem to have when you have to find room for a kid like uh, Destin Hill. I love that. Do you do you expect that to be any time in the near future, or are we just kind of playing a waiting game for all these guys? I think it's just a waiting game as far as yeah. uh, it goes with this kid. And then the last one we're going to talk about, Bryce Langston, uh, local guy out of Ocala at Vanguard. Uh, number 211th ranked uh, strong side defensive end, uh, 15th overall, uh, ranked at his position and 34th in the state. Had previously committed to Florida. Uh Trevante Rucker also, right? Trevante Rucker yes. goes to Vanguard uh, as well. Um, previously committed, decommitted, looking like Florida stands a decent shot here, but what are our thoughts there? Yeah, I think he's a kid that uh, as far as it's it's more of an if, or more, more of a when instead of an if Okay, as far as Florida getting him. Um, he's a kid, like you said, was committed to Florida. His teammate Trevante Rucker is also committed to Florida. Um it's been rumored that he was going to commit probably three or four times now yeah. uh, since Florida's junior See, I don't day. like those vibes. Um, and his top two was Florida, LSU. Um, I don't think he goes anywhere other than Florida. Yeah, I don't like – like, what is he waiting for? And like, we assume, like, kids is, is just us. Like, and, like, what is taking him so long? Right. Like, that's that's Gator country. Um, you got teammates committed and whatnot. I don't know what's taking him so long to just make a decision. Um, so I'm a little I'm, I'm I'm hearing the same thing you hear from that side as well. Like they're, they're confident about landing this kid, but I just, I'm a little apprehensive because I don't know what the hell he's waiting on at this point. So I think he was a kid that was waiting for the Under Armour All American game to oh, announce okay, his okay, decision. Okay, okay, okay. Um, now with that no longer happening, right, uh, it could be a situation where you see him move it up to early signing day in December. Um, but who knows? As far as you said, because he is a kid that um, we've been waiting on for quite a while. Yeah. One of the things that might be interesting is, you know, the Under Armour game and then the All-American game have talked about trying to do some 
some things that are special for these guys. I wonder if one of the things that they might do to try to make it feel special is maybe have some sort of like commitment event where they come to their school or wherever they want to be and, and do a film and do an interview and something like that. So it's almost like they're committing at the game or something else to try to make things special uh, for these dope. guys. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, Bryce Langston is a great player. I think that he's a, a guy that would, um, you know, certainly enhance that, um, you know, Florida defensive line. And not only that is, I think he's a guy that has his true position. Uh, and that is a strong side defensive end, not a, uh, a guy that's, you know, going to shift between defensive tackle or definitely not going to shift between linebacker and that buck position. So, uh, definitely some names to look out for. I'm sure some names will pop up. I'm sure some names will fall off. I think it is worth mentioning that Florida does have a commitment from, Linebacker Chief Borders out of uh, out of Georgia. He was admitted to Stanford. Uh, he announced last week. Um, I think for me, I know that he really wants to play at Florida, but I also think that the writing uh, might be on the wall that uh, going to Stanford might be a uh, not a bad decision as well. So that's also a name to uh, to watch out for. But outside of that, boys, anything else? Yeah, that Stanford shit sound all right. Yeah. All right. Not yeah, bad. that's that's a, that's an education you just can't turn down. Yeah, Stanford called Junior, bro. We might have to. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna, be the, it's gonna be the big four. Yeah, man. <laughs> do we, we talked about maybe uh, wide receiver getting processed. Uh, do we see anybody else in this class possibly getting uh, pushed out? Process. I know Dan Mullen and the crew is not big fans of this. So, what do you guys think? Yeah, it's it's always a possibility, especially if you have a a kid that you have higher on your board commit. Yep. Um, but like you said, Dan Mullen and his staff don't like to do stuff like that. So it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see how they finish out this class with only about one or two spots left. And like you said, those five targets, um, still, still out on the, on yeah. the board. Florida just doesn't have a ton of openings. And obviously there, there's always opportunity that that gets created for these guys uh to to be able to sign a few more i mean you have to add demarcus bowman into this group as well you know florida was already close to its limit um in terms of roster spots already so um i don't know how many more changes i think that you might see potentially a uh, a drop on the offensive line uh if there's a, a potential opportunity to upgrade at the uh at the guard position uh or potentially the tackle position but um, i think that the guys that florida has uh, are pretty solid i'm actually surprised uh, how well you know Florida could really end up on the defensive side of the ball. Um, I think that they'll you know if they're able to land a a, a Terry and Arnold, um, you know a Bryce Langston with the rest of the guys that they have, I think I that Florida I, might have the best defense class in the country. Yeah, it, it could get up there, but um, hopefully I hope we could we could possibly flip. I know Miami's not playing terrible this year, but hopefully we could possibly flip Leonard Taylor. Yeah, I'm hearing he's solid. Um, but I, w- I wouldn't mind seeing some of. Heavy seas uh, recruitments upgraded on the bottom half of our recruiting class. Yeah, I know it may not happen. Um, I asked for this request with Ethan White as well, and that didn't work out for me. So <laughs> uh, Ethan White's making you eat your words now, right? And I don't mind eating my words as long as he stopped eating food. <laughs> Shout out to Ethan White, man. You know? Oh man. All right, boys, uh, that wraps up the first edition of Facts Only presented by Stadium and Gale. We look forward to seeing you guys uh, each and every month uh, moving forward. Thanks so much for joining us. Facts.